We're always experimenting with the narrative. There's a narrative on a cold call. There's a narrative in an email. Uh, it's an offer. And there's a narrative on that when the customer breaks through and says, you got me. I heard enough. I will sacrifice 30 minutes of my day to see a demo and see what you do. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in the weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey, leaders, welcome back. I'm Noah Tetzner. I'm joined today by the Vice President of Marketing at Stellar Cyber, an AI-driven next-gen security operations platform. Now, you might recall Stellar Cyber from my conversation with the CEO, Amy Wee. Today, I'm joined by Steve Garrison, as I said, the Vice President of Marketing, who will be able to provide a different perspective regarding the company, uh, its successes, and all of the exciting things happening in the cybersecurity space. But Steve, welcome to Leaders of B2B. Thank you, Noah. It's a pleasure to be here. Steve, Stellar Cyber recently achieved a Series B funding. Congratulations. The company is going from strength to strength. And you know, on this podcast, sometimes what we do is sort of a present, past, future approach. Talking about the present and the success of Stellar Cyber, you leading the marketing efforts, I'd love to learn more about that. Uh, first of all, you know, tell us from a marketing perspective, what are some of the tactics that you've employed to help the company achieve such growth? Well, thanks, Noah. Sure. First of all, it's been a team effort, Noah. Not one person in an organization uh, can make an achievement of this scale. It really takes a village. We've got a great engineering team. We've got a great executive team. We have a great sales team. So first of all, I'm amongst uh, great people, and that helps me be great. Uh, but at the end of the day, success begets success when you really define who you're selling to and you align with their pain. I think this is probably the most obvious thing a marketing person can say, but it's oh so true. We really try to talk the talk and walk the walk of our customer's pain. And that requires us to define who our who our customer really is. And the better we do that, the better the sales happen. That's really what what it comes down to, isn't it? And Steve, it, it, you know, there's kind of this age old, rather oftentimes, unfortunately, notorious relationship between sales teams and marketing departments within companies. But it sounds like you understand kind of the key pain points of a salesperson. Very true, Noah. And I think there's there's a phrase out there. Are you field focused? Or are you corporate focused? And um, just to give you two personalities within marketing, some folks like to ride shotgun with the sales team so they can hear the customer's pain and the way they talk about the story and uh, get very into the head of the customer. And then there's those who sit at corporate and think about a really cool video that could change the world. And uh, I can tell you right now, in a Series B startup, you need to be field focused because you have to really understand what is the vibe in the market. Right. In security, there are thousands of companies as a space. And as a security executive, how many phone calls and emails do you think they're getting a day? 
So you have to figure out how to cut through and get their attention. You're not going to get their attention with a cool video uh, that you spent six months working on. You're going to get their attention when you speak their, their language. And that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. That's fascinating. And I'd love to unpack this uh, as something of kind of a, an example, Steve, if you'd roll with me, uh, tell us kind of who is sure. who is Stellar Cyber's you know, target demographic? Who are you trying to engage with? That's a great question. And I was hoping we'd get to that at some point on the call, because I think that's so relevant, right? Everybody could talk about theory, but it's the practice that matters, Noah. And, uh, and, and this is one of our, this is one of our own concepts uh, of how to target it. We think there's an underserved part of the market, right? So again, think of a thousand companies all chasing different kinds of customers. If you're all talking to the same customer, boy, that's a hard problem. But if you go into a segment where you see weakness from other vendors, as well as it maps to the strength of your software, your tool, it's win-win, right? So we think. The small medium enterprise is underserved right now, and we have a product that we believe we've built for that same segment. And generally speaking, the way we define this persona at a high level is they cannot hire an army of people. They can't afford to. Their business doesn't allow for that. They're not J.P. Morgan Chase with $100 or $200 billion of uh, income a year or a giant war chest. Uh, think more $500 million to $3 billion in revenue. Even if 5% of the revenue is in IT, that's IT, security is going to be a piece of that, right? So understanding how those people staff security, the level of skills that they have, and their ultimate budget, that is a lot of what we put our time into to reverse engineer so that when we talk to them, we, first of all, very important in marketing, we're empathetic. We understand how they think. We understand their pain, as I mentioned before. So when I go into a, a prospect like you and I say, hey, Noah, how are you using uh, your SIM? Or what other tools do you have around your SIM? This is a standard security operations tool. I will listen for answers that define one of our three playbooks. We, we think in terms of plays based on where the customer is, what budget they might have, and help the sales team react to a certain Q&A stream so that they know what to position. Right. You don't want to overposition and you don't want to underposition. If you underposition, you leave money on the table. If you overposition, you can scare the customer and they go, you know, whoa, you, you guys sell to much bigger people than me. And, and so that's um, that's a lot of the homework that we've done without getting into the details of explicit messaging. We think in terms of size, the revenue, the employees, the staff and the budget. And we really target how to talk to them so they feel comfortable that we're not going to be disruptive. We're going to be powerfully enabling. You know, these are people, Steve, who are oftentimes very hard to engage with, especially right. when there's other uh, vendors in the space. You know, how do you kind of break through the noise, as it were, and have conversations with these? Oh, boy, it's it's a it's a pain point. I wake up every day, Noah, to challenge myself and my team uh, to figure out new ways to do it. And we do think daily about this. And, and, and I think everybody on this call who has done any email marketing, which we still do, and we still do cold calling. But today you're looking at one or two percent call connect rates. You're looking at two to four percent open rates in a cold database of email. So you have an uphill battle. It's exactly that problem. So a lot of it is timing and context. If someone's looking for a new security operations platform, 
the day you send that email with a headline saying, hey, Noah, there's a really cool new security operations platform, you're going to get lucky. and <laughs> They're going to open that email. But the other 364 days, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to get open. And uh, worst case, it's going to be put into spam where they're going to delete your domain and never see an email from you again. So we've learned what's the biggest problem in security is trust. Trusting a new vendor, trusting a new idea. As you pointed out, they're overwhelmed with uh, phone calls and emails from thousands of vendors. And so we've done a lot of thinking of where do they go to learn? And that's one type. And or where do they go to learn and have fun? And that's a different type. And, and they really are different. So to recap, when they want to have fun, they're willing to be entertained. Right. You've heard about sweet set ball games scotch uh, or wine tasting events, or let's all cook together over a Zoom. That, that's a very effective way to get in front of people and build trust and, and be memorable. But it's a different cost point than we're used to. And you want to go back for a second. Old days, put up a trade show, at a show uh, you know, scoop up some leads, 50, 100, 200 bucks a lead. To do these kinds of events, you're going to spend more money, but you're going to break through. The other person who just wants to learn, you need to go to events where they're learning to be a better CIO, CISO. They're getting CPE credits. Um, they're there to see vendors who are willing to coach them and walk the journey with them before they sell. It's the old IBM model of consultative selling. Uh, we deploy both, but we have to define which personality that that target customer is. And we do that again through Q&A and understanding their behavior. But um, main story here is that we spend less with trade shows these days and more with custom boutique events because that's what's helping us build trust, break through and, and, and have a memorable experience. Most definitely. And, and it sounds like, you know, you engage the executives where they hang out, whether that is yes. work related, for lack of a better term, or even something outside of their, their typical role in the B2B space. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's the old water uh, cooler slash uh, watering hole story, right? People who like to drink good liquor will hang out with their buddies. And this brings in another valid point, peer-to-peer uh, -peer marketing. I think everybody who's in marketing knows that what's the most efficient way to get branded? It's to have peers in your peer group tell your friends, check out Stellar Cyber. They've got a cool product. That's worth its weight in gold. And so when you reverse engineer either one of these two models, you know, a booze, booze and booze cruise type of model or an educational format, we learn these by once we sell to somebody, we say, hey, Noah, how do I find more people like you? Where do you hang out? Where is your community? And we help that customer feel our support and our love around them by powering through to their community and, and sharing in that experience, right? It's win-win. They feel good because they've got a partner who's got their back. They see the partner investing in their community, and they're a lot more willing now to introduce us to their friends in an environment they're comfortable in. That, that is a lot of how uh, I've learned how to think in security to break through the barrier of, again, building trust and, and being seen to be seen. No doubt, Steve, that there are competitors in this space, you know, thinking along these lines, just as you are, wanting sure. to engage with people. I, I guess at a high level, you know, what is the key... You know, how, how do you as a marketer differentiate from those other vendors in the space? Is it, is it about familiarity? Is it about referrals? Is it about brand awareness? What is it? Well, it's all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm competing with much larger companies, Noah. So uh, I don't have brand. I'm building it. 
I don't have a large user group. I'm building it. And so I can't play those games. I can't play the game that a, a public company uh, like Sentinel One or Palo Alto brings. I have to think different, right? So uh, a little bit more of a guerrilla aspect. And I've given you some of my cherished tactics that now I've given away to everybody who's listening on this podcast. But hey, I'm here to be a thought leader, hopefully. Uh, so it comes down to something that I have uniquely as a weapon, my message. And if my message is well-tuned towards understanding the customer's pain, I have to look deep inside my organization and say, if I only have three to five words to use to get a reaction, they better be the right words. They better be poised on exactly the technology differentiation that we have that's unique, that uniquely makes that enterprise uh, a, a more secure enterprise. And this is where the messaging battle comes in. What we've noticed is that we were, well, first of all, we could talk a lot about our history, but we're in a category now called XDR. But two, two or three years ago, there was no such category. We didn't know what to call ourselves. We were a mousetrap without a mouse. Now we're in a mousetrap market with about 40 vendors all saying XDR. But a lot of them, Noah, are whitewashing their story with bland, broad statements. We realize that our differentiation is in how we automatically give context to data from their security analytics and present it in a way that makes even a less trained person in security go, I know what to do. And that is how we marry the idea of the constrained lower maturity organization with not a big team and a big budget to go, hey, these guys made it easy. It seems like I could run that tool. I can be successful. Stellar Cyber understands me and they didn't make it really hard and they didn't give me a lot of wordsmith and they just said, look, if you're trying to improve correlation of your data and you need a single easy to use platform that's right size for you, give me a call. Wow. Let me tell you, customers appreciate simple things, breaking it down and not trying to tell some massively complex story. It, it, it works for some, Noah, but at the end of the day, most people are like, I'm busy, right. man. Can you break it down and keep right. it simple? Right. I absolutely yeah. get behind that, Steve. I'm, I'm curious now, you know, kind of looking at your journey leading up to Stellar Cyber, I guess, tell us why cybersecurity? How did you get in touch with Stellar Cyber? I, I sense there's an interesting story behind that. Ah, oh, there is. Well, you know, life is a journey, you know, and everybody's got a good story. And that's, you know, we if we want to get the world to hug, let's all listen to 7 billion different stories and we'd all realize how common we are, right? We all have the same journey to have a better life with better families and better education and better food and all these simple things, right? Uh, with me, I, I started out actually as an engineer and I'm, I'm an unusual marketing guy because I, I worked in a clean room first. I went to school to be a clean room engineer building ASIC, uh, you know, chips, uh, ASICs, application specific integrated circuits. I have four patents because I invented new ways to make ASICs. Uh, but something happened on the way to the ball game with me, right? That old adage. I started asking strange questions. Noah, why are you making me make this chip? Noah, why aren't we doing it this way versus that way? And in my second startup, they said, Steve, we need somebody to ask these questions to customers. And I said, I went to school to be a serious engineer. Just don't call me a sales guy. So next year, I was director of sales running an apps team with an inside sales team <laughs> saying, I've got a fab. I can make any cool device in the world you want. What do you want? And um, 
what happened after that was I, I met my first real VP of marketing who said, Steve, you're a great storyteller. I don't think you're really a sales guy. So uh, we don't need to dig into that. I shifted into uh, pure marketing and I've been in marketing ever since, but I've been marketing IT infrastructure, Noah. And uh, after my last company got sold to Lenovo, uh, I was on the hunt. And uh, like anybody, you leverage your network. And long story short, I came across uh, someone I had worked for in the past, Robert Thomas, phenomenal CEO of Infoblocks. We went public there. It was a great journey. And he said, Steve, I'm advising a little security company. Um, founders are really interesting. Go ahead and take a look. And so it was through an intro of a former uh, boss, frankly. And I just fell in love with um, Amy and uh, Chang Ming, who are the, the co-founders. You've interviewed Amy. You mentioned her in the past. But uh, uh, I just thought they were really good people, uh, willing to learn and willing to carve out a journey with, with a team to solve a problem and, and do it as a team. And to me, that's really important. Uh, having a team yeah, environment. Yeah. Oh, that that's such a great yeah. story, Steve. So, so really your experience in, you know, engineering and sales and storytelling, you know, the, the gift of any marketer has really allowed you to be such an asset to the team at Stellar Cyber. Uh, that That's so fascinating to me. You have an illustrious journey and obviously it's, it's <laughs> unfolding in the success of Stellar. Well, we could just, we could debate whether it's illustrious, uh, Noah, but I, I am probably one of the few marketing folks out there with four patents. No kidding. So uh, <laughs> that that's certainly a unique claim to fame. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. So, yeah. you know, when when you joined the team at Stellar Cyber, are you familiar with the security ecosystem? Was there a learning curve there? Uh, tell us about that journey. Well, that was a good. It was at the topic of discussion when I was being interviewed. Frankly. Um, because I was honest and I said, hey, guys, I, I don't have 20 years of experience in security. You all do. I have 20 years of experience as a marketing person. And they, they said, look, Steve, we, we are security professionals here. We, uh, we have deep roots from NetScreen uh, and many, many other great companies, Palo Alto, et cetera. So we actually want somebody who's more out of the box, who's going to bring ideas, who's going to think about how to cut through the noise, who understands global uh, marketing. So I was like, whew, okay, that's win-win. <laughs> I'm not a security expert, but I think I am a marketing expert, and that's what they wanted. So now fast forward, I've been there two and a half years, so I have picked up a lot of nuance about security, Noah, but that's really not my job, right? And I think uh, I, I consider myself more of a chameleon, uh, and I think all marketing people strive for this. We like to parrot, mimic, understand, and rationalize our customer voice, Right. This is why we all profile people, not because we're evil, but how does the CIO think? How does the CISO think? How's the director of IT think? How's the security admin think? The more I can get into their heads, the more I can help them. Right. It's not for me to be uh, to get them to buy Coke or Pepsi because they don't want it. No, because I know they need help. And it's my job. This is the whole point of B2B. Right. B2B is business to business. It's rational. It's about cost. It's about risk. It's about growth. It's about, you know, business continuity. And, and it's about right-sizing the problem for the solution. And so uh, my skills are more poignant in understanding everything I just said, not the nuances of security. Um, that said, Stellar Cyber's story is really easy to understand, and this is why I glommed onto it. We're not doing some crazy secretive uh, you know, algorithm thing uh, to magically detect when a, a false transaction is going through. We are literally uh, enabling a central way to act upon all of your security data quickly. 
because it's about speed and accuracy. If you can see everything and you can see it quickly, you see a breach early, way before you get a ransomware event. That's the whole promise of what XDR is about. And it's the promise of our platform. Getting, getting that visibility of an early stage attack long before damage is done, that's the holy grail. And that's what we do every day. And that's why our customers love what we're doing. Steve, it's evident to me, and we talked about this earlier, that you are indeed a natural storyteller. I'm curious, <laughs> when you joined Stellar, how did you learn uh, the stories of the customers that you help? You save them from a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. Uh, and then your job as a marketer is to take those stories and broadcast them and share them and have the conversations. Yeah, right. What's that experience been like? Well, it, it goes back to something we talked about very early on on the call. It, it's about being field focused, right? I Sales team to me is my partner. They're my eyes and ears. I trust them to bring me new nuggets. I trust them to actually do trial balloons for me. Hey, try this new word. Try this narrative. Uh, so we're always experimenting with the narrative. There's a narrative on a cold call. There's a narrative in an email. Uh, it's an offer. And there's a narrative on that when the customer breaks through and says, you got me. I heard enough. I will sacrifice 30 minutes of my day to see a demo and see what you do. And in the way we unfold our features, functions, capabilities, and benefits is very critical because, again, if you do it too long-handed, you bore people. If you do it too short-handed, they don't trust you because something's missing. So that takes time. It's, it's, it's like a chef perfecting a good soup, Noah. It's trial and error. It's learning by listening and watching the face and the lean in and, and seeing how many times they'll come back for a second meeting. That's the holy grail in sales, get the next meeting. And if you can go from a cold call to a 30-minute meeting to a sequence of meetings, you've got their mind share. And now you're going to be partnering with them, right? So uh, I, I sit on a lot of first calls. I work with inside sales to make sure I'm understanding how, how their message is being reacted to by a cold call uh, recipient. Uh, I, we have an advisory board here with some phenomenal customers that help us daily, weekly, and monthly on validating uh, why they like the product and, and what is their long-term customer voice as it evolves, right? So you've got to be customer focused. My gosh, if there's anything that everybody in marketing will agree to, you got to be customer focused. You've got to understand their, their, their way of speaking and their pain. And you cannot do that in a vacuum. You've got to get in front of them. You've got to talk with them and get them to share with you. So that's, I, I spent a lot of time making that happen. That's brilliant, Stephen. Uh, thanks so much for being so candid uh, and so helpful and insightful. I've really appreciated this conversation, Steve, as a case study, really an example for our B2B marketeers tuning in today. Certainly, I'll include links in the show notes to Stellar Cyber and places people can find out more about you and your great work, Steve. But before we sign off, what would you leave our listeners with today? Our, you know, tech entrepreneurs, founders, and executives uh, seeking to get their messaging right and engage with uh, ideal prospects. Yeah, it it, it actually uh, goes back to one of my early mentors, Regis McKenna. My, a lot of you know, if you're over fifty, you might know that name, but he was the first pioneer to really start to do tech marketing in the Valley long before Tom Peters, long before Jeffrey Moore, that everybody knows. Uh, Regis really cracked a nut and wrote some really good books. And net net of all his writings, this might blow some minds, but here we are at the end of the call. Everybody's in sales, period. And if you're if you're a marketing person and you're not daily engaged with the sales process and the sales team, 
you are missing out on valuable feedback, valuable data. And by gosh, they're your partner. Like you said, there's a, there's, there can be tension. My goal in life is to make sure that I'm seen as part of the sales team, period, full stop. That is so important. That's my biggest piece of advice. Be part of sales. Enjoy it. Thrive in it. Absolutely. Well, Steve Garrison, thank you so much for coming on to Leaders of B2B, my friend. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Noah. I appreciate it. Thanks to the audience for listening. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.